This time on Across the Peak, Rich and Kai and I revisit the topic of EDC bags and talk about the things that have changed since the last time we talked about this. Welcome to the Across the Peak podcast, the show where Rich and Justin discuss preparedness, the birds and the bees, guns, history, tattoos, and well, basically all the stuff your old man should have taught you. Rich Brown's a failed 70s child actor, retired Marine Corps officer, and former cop. Justin Carroll, he's a washed up former special operator, half-assed author, and adventurer at large. Learn life skills, harden the fuck up, and become a dangerous man. Get your damn boots on, gents, because we're going across the peak rich what's going on man brother i am recording a podcast with you and commando what's going on kai <laughs> hey guys i'm happy to be here again welcome back so rich what do you well before I ask what you're drinking, man i gotta i gotta plug this um we have gotten a ton of good feedback We've gotten emails from listeners. We've gotten good feedback in the platform. But if you have not visited Instagram.com forward slash across the peak, you're fucking wrong. <laughs> yeah, you suck. True fact. <laughs> yeah, so Kai has uh, Kai's taken the lead on that. And, has, dude, we did, we've done some cool, cool stuff. So this is the EDC bag, so I'll plug this. Last weekend... We spent about five hours laying out my EDC bag, taking all these photos, and we did this nine series post, like basically nine cover images on Instagram that are all cropped out of one single image, and you can go into those and see all the stuff that's in my EDC bag. It was, I'll tell you, man, it ate a lot of our Sunday, but man, was it fun doing. I, <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. We're going to make you a social media convert there, JC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I, I'd like to say um, to the listeners, you know, who are following us on Instagram, uh, definitely send us photos, you know, um, tag us in photos because we will share things, especially if we're talking about what you guys are packing as far as EDC. Um, I think that's something we haven't done yet and it'd be fun to, to delve into. So definitely tag us in your images um, or send us stuff via email and we can post from there. But yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We, yeah. And, and, and that's another thing, man, we love interacting with you guys and ladies. So Man, email us, hit us up on Instagram. I don't know. What mm-hmm. what, what else do we have? I guess, Morse code I, us. Yeah. <laughs> Write us yeah. a letter. <laughs> yeah, be in touch. We, we, we love interacting with the So the where, where, where do you want them to? Is there, a, a, is there one uh, email that'd be better than another, Justin? Well, I think probably Rich at Across the Peak, or there's always the contact form at acrossthepeak.com where you guys can get in touch with us. And speaking of acrossthepeak.com, there is a uh, new feature on our website, Rich. You want to talk about that? Yeah, man. You guys wanted some swag, some ATP swag while you're out there kicking ass. So we put together a little shop for you. It's got some hoodies and some coffee mugs and uh, all kinds of stuff. And there's more stuff coming, but that's what we got right now. We even got a tote bag if you want to go to the farmer's market and support the support the brand. We'd, we'd love that. I love it, brother. I love it. Um yeah, and there and there's more stuff coming, and uh, whatever you guys want to want to see on there, man, let us know. So, with that being said, with the commercial out of the way, what are you drinking, Rich? <laughs> I am drinking. Oh man, this is a guilty pleasure. I may have mentioned this probably 15, 16 episodes ago. Teacher's Highland Cream. You, remember, you ever remember me talking about that? 
I do, man. And I'll be honest, that was... It's kind of crazy to say, man, that might have been 20-something episodes ago. It's crazy that we're that far into this, man. Yeah, I know. Teacher's Highland Cream, if you're not familiar with it, it's a blended scotch whiskey. Very inexpensive. You can pick up a bottle for probably, I don't know, less than 20 bucks. And uh, if you like peated scotch and you, or you want to try peated scotch at a cheap price, try that. What's interesting, man, the peat that comes in that scotch is from the Ardmore distillery, which makes some really good peated scotches. So the fact that, that that's what they're using for their blend is amazing. So check that out. Awesome. Will do, man. And uh, you're planning a trip up here sometime in the near future, are you not? I am. So, yeah, maybe, well, I know we've talked about this maybe two or three episodes ago, but we're definitely going to make some cocktails and Kai and I have been kind of uh, perfecting a couple of recipes of things that we want to make while you're here, and a couple other things we want to do while you're here. Maybe you'll uh, maybe you'll bring a, a sampling of scotch for us because I don't know. Are you? I've never even had it, so yeah, I've had it. Oh man, yeah, yeah. yeah. I wouldn't. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind popping that cherry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> hey, I will tell you, man, the next time I get down there to uh, New Mexico to see you guys, I am definitely going to bring some teachers, but I'm also going to bring some good stuff like some Lafroig or Lagavulin or something like that. I don't even know what, well, I know what Lagavulin is because that's what Ron Swanson drinks, but <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. that's about it. That's man. good stuff. Kai, what are you drinking? I am drinking a Rogue Dead Guy and that may be my favorite beer of all time it um it's it's hard to find around here at a decent price but we've been lucky recently and it's just like a darker brew but not too dark and has a nice round flavor and a pretty cool logo so um that's what i've got going on yeah where is the rogue uh, brewery i'm not sure where their headquarters are but i know i've been to one of their brew houses in um Astoria, Washington, which is where Goonies was filmed. Okay. So okay. it was like a, that was, that was like a double Mecca for me. So. Gotcha. 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 Um, yeah, like down here in New Mexico, man, like we, there's not a big vibrant brewing scene. So like, I think we mentioned a couple episodes ago, we have an awesome friggin' beer store right near the house. So that helps out a lot, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm a what fan. Do you, what are you, what are you drinking? Well, I'm having. Uh, I'm going with an old standby, man. The old Samuel Smith's Oatmeal Stout. Um, I as I don't know if our listeners know this or not. I'm not the biggest Anglophile in the world, but um, I'll tell you what. The British uh, old Samuel Smith does make some fine ales and stouts, my friend. <laughs> hmm. So you're not a fan of the the Union Jack? <laughs> uh, it's probably not my preferred uh, ensign. No. Are you one of those Irish Americans that refers to it as the butcher's apron? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you might be. Uh, you might be accurate in that. <laughs> uh, anyway, anyway, my prejudices. Pre- I can't. Oh, well, I, I'll tell you what, man. It's uh, it's early afternoon here, and we've already had a couple. Kai got off early today, and I. Well, I'll tell you what I did here in a minute, but uh, yeah, we started a little bit early today. So, what'd you do this week, man? Me, um, gosh. If, if the listener out there that listens to the American Warrior show, you probably heard Mike and I talk about the Bob XL or Strike Dummy. I've really started working on that more. 
uh, doing a lot more strike workouts than I would normally do, uh, doing some stuff with uh, striking with a muzzle and, and all that kind of stuff. And I'm actually going to start working on taking Bob off the stand, doing some groundwork. But uh, that aside from the normal BJJ, I'm also reading a really rad book. And this is, I could go down a rabbit hole, but I won't. For some reason, uh, guys, every winter I get into reading about uh, Norse mythology, Norse Greenland, and all this other stuff. <clears throat> and I've picked up a really cool book called The Frozen Echo, if you're into that kind of stuff. And um, it's a scholarly work centering around, it's a multidisciplinary study on Norse Greenland by this uh, professor. So uh, I just find it fascinating. That's awesome. So I'm, I'm nerding out over here, bro. Yeah, <laughs> check that. So uh, for listeners that don't listen to the American Warriors show, why don't you tell them what the Bob is and what you mean by doing uh, strike workouts? Yeah, uh, the Bob is it's made by Century Martial Arts. And if you're interested, I, you can uh, hit me up in an email and I'll, I'll give you a discount code. You can buy your own Bob. But um, it, it's, a, it's an anatomically correct dummy that's on a weighted water base and strike workouts. I mean, if you're going to do cardio, yeah, you can run on a treadmill or... You can beat the shit out of a bob for about 15 or 20 minutes and rev the heart up. And when I say uh, muzzle strikes, you know, literally taking your concealed carry firearm, making sure it's clear, making sure you're in a safe place, making sure you know the backstop of if you accidentally do shoot bob, because you can shoot bob, which is another cool factor of, of the bob, and just uh, working on muzzle striking bob, you know, getting him out of the way. Roger that, man. I like Good that. stuff. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. When, uh, when we stay in your guest house, I know that's where, uh, where Bob lives every day when we walk in, it's like, Oh, who's that? Yeah. <laughs> it's house, it, man. It, like you said, anatomically correct. It is like a bust of a dude with a, and a very jack dude at that, uh, with a real face and all that stuff. Yeah. So when you, what's interesting about that, when you tie up with him, like in a clinch or something like that, man, he's got this big freaking fat neck or you're working on rear naked chokes on Bob. I mean, his, his neck is pretty tough. So if you can choke the shit out of Bob with a rear naked choke, then grabbing some, somebody off the streets, probably gonna be a little bit easier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No doubt about it, man. Bob is I wish I had. I, I wish I looked more like Bob and less like Rich Brown. <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> oh, sorry, man. I I don't know. Low hanging fruit, I guess. <laughs> what have you been doing? Uh, well, uh, me and Kai did a road trip this weekend and over over the holiday weekend. And on your recommendation, man, I I actually do listen to what you say. We. Uh, bought a book on audible.com called the professor and the madman that you recommended i believe in the journaling episode mm-hmm, is I that where so, you yeah. talked about that and uh, man uh, all right so i gotta give props to you in a couple different ways first of all phenomenal book secondly you said that there was a professor there was this guy that had submitted more words than uh, pretty much anybody and you said there was a murder and I kind of piece that in my head of this picture of what I thought that story was going to be about. And it was like, you didn't give a single thing away, man. It was, I, I got to hand it to you, dude. You didn't give a single spoiler out that book. We were hooked the fuck in for eight <laughs> hours or however long that book lasted. Mm-hmm. Dude, yeah. did you know, um, years ago, Mel Gibson's production company bought the film rights to that. And I was giddy when I heard it because right when the book came out and uh, they bought the rights to it. And, and I've been waiting probably for, I don't know, 10 years, however long that book, book's been out, for a movie to come out because that thing is going to make a phenomenal movie, don't you think? I do. I think uh, I think Russell Crowe needs to play that, like, 
like he did in a Beautiful Mind or something, man. Yeah. But so the other thing I did this week is I got in two range sessions this week. I put 500 rounds through my new gun. That's my new carry gun candidate, and um, had a spent a few hours on that, obviously, and had a damn good time doing it. What you been doing, Kai? Um, so I also listen to what you guys say, and in addition to listening to The Professor and the Madman, I started listening to Glock on your recommendation, and I, I am by no means a, a gun person. I'm certainly learning a lot, um, you know, through osmosis with Justin, but uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> it is fascinating. It's such a good story, and it's... it's um, it's sort of enlightening. It's, I've really enjoyed it. So I've been listening to that on the way to and from work. And then last night I had a sitting on my tattoo, my second sitting on my first tattoo. Uh, and it hurt like a motherfucker and (laughs) it looks awesome. (laughs) So worth it. (laughs) Yeah. She's got one more to go. I'll be honest with you, man. I got to So I'm getting kind of at a bad place because we walked into the tattoo shop last night and immediately I was like, I know we're here for you, but I want to get a tattoo. So, <laughs> But also me. Yeah, so, <laughs> so I, I ended up getting a little tattoo, just a real small one. Uh, but so like I was, I was, it took like 15 minutes to put that little tattoo on me. And then uh, I, I kind of sat over there just like reading stuff on my phone and bullshitting with the artist and stuff while Kai was getting her work done. And man, the looks on her face, I felt those <laughs> expressions oh. she was making, man. And I, I think, like I said, it's my first tattoo. And in my mind, I think I had, I know I had swapped around that the lining was the worst part and that the filling in and the shading was going to be a piece of cake. And I, wow, that was a teachable moment for me because <laughs> it, was, it yeah. was definitely the opposite. So I'm glad I did it. It looks awesome, but... I, I had a lot of choice words, but how <laughs> bet. But yeah, hats off. She like went big right out <laughs> of the gate, man. She's got is, a big ass. It's a tattoo. big boy, yeah. <laughs> I, I got to see some pics, man. Oh yeah, yeah. We'll send them yeah. for sure. You and will. Justin, so you, you got another "I love Rich Brown" tattoo? Where did you get it this time? <laughs> <laughs> I was about well, laughing. I don't understand. Actually, this tattoo was for a Ralph. Maybe not uh, the <laughs> one you're thinking of. <laughs> Oh my God! So this, I'm so excited about this episode. And I, I, when we did the first one, guys, I really didn't think there would be a second one. You know, a follow up. I kind of thought this is somewhat the definitive guide to go back or whatever. But here we are, you know, months later doing a follow up. You know what I'm saying? Well, this has been a, an incredibly popular episode. We've got a ton of feedback on this, and like. The the conversation that we had, man, I made a lot of changes based on that. I th- I thought I kind of had my stuff down, and I made a ton of changes. And Kai, I also know you've made probably a bigger change than any of us. Oh yeah, I mean my I listen to I'm I'm a huge fan of organization. Um, that's how I stay sane in my work, and um, it definitely creeps into my personal life. And I geeked out so hard over that episode. I loved every bit of it. And I loved the whole idea of inception packing and, and sort of modular packing. And, um, and I, and I admittedly, when I first heard that episode, I thought I travel a lot for work and I was like, this will be something that I can definitely implement in that arena and make my 
work travel life a lot easier. And then as I was developing my bag, basically from scratch, um, I started carrying it to work just as an exercise and it's become a habit. So ever since you guys, um, aired that episode, I've been carrying an, like an EDC literally every day into work and using the modules. And I don't know if I'd feel comfortable leaving home without it. Isn't that something, something you'd never just, you know, six months to a year ago, you would have never done. And now it's like, I can't imagine, you know. Yeah. And I even qualified to Justin when I started building it out. I said, I don't know if this is going to be something that I carry every single day. And I have, and it's something that, you know, I put it in the same place when I get home and I pick it up when I go to work. And I, I use multiple, if not all of the modules every day. It's nuts. Kai, before we, before we move on, you threw this terminology out, and I don't know if we actually explained this in the first episode. Can you explain the kind of the idea or the concept behind inception packing? Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, and I guess as a preface, like when I used to pack to go to on, on work, uh, travel, um, I, I considered myself to be organized. Um, I'd have all my, you know, electronic cords and I'd have everything I needed for work in terms of paperwork and computers and that sort of thing. Um, but inevitably I'd find myself in Vermont, in Colorado, in in wherever. And I, I don't know how many times I've bought a car charger for my phone. I think I've got like three or four of them because I could never remember where I put it or what I did with it. So inception packing, modular packing, um, it sort of gives a place to everything and it puts everything in that one unit so that you, um, you pack the unit and it's sort of like a set it and forget it, I guess. Like you, you pack your electronics unit, you know that everything is in that unit And then when you go to pack your bag, you put that whole unit in your bag and there's no question about what's in there. There's not socks and a car charger and a flashlight. It's just your electronics. Yeah. Yeah. So like basically if you open up my backpack, there are, I think right now, six, no, seven individual little bags. And each one of those bags is kind of broken out by purpose. And if I need a specific thing, I know exactly what bag it's in. I pulled that bag out. I don't have to root around through the entire thing. Um, We have, well, since that episode, we have definitely kind of taken this to the extreme. I wasn't, um, I definitely wasn't doing this style of packing necessarily before that episode. But man, like just the collaboration we've had since that thing aired has completely changed my philosophy on this for the better, I would say. Yeah, I know it has mine. And, you know, we we did that episode, and I was fairly comfortable with what I had, and I have thrown everything out the door, and I don't think a single thing has remained the same from you know, before. So I say that to say, you know, we may find ourselves here in six months as we continue to, to grow and evolve and, and continually refine and, and improve upon what we got. And I like the inception idea because it reminds me of like a dream inside a dream inside a dream. Well, this is a pack inside a pack inside of a pack to make that modular thing work for you. And like you said, Justin, I, I got six inside there and each they're all com- compartmentalized together to perform certain tasks. So yeah, that, that's similar to what I've done, but I, I had the good fortune of seeing your bag in action. I went, Oh shit, this is what I got to do, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, uh, I'm glad, man. Like that, that is flattering as fuck to me, quite honestly, that, uh, that anybody would look at that and be like, yeah, man, that's like, that's awesome. That's what I want to do. So 
Um, we have had, so I, I kind of want to break this out into a couple segments. There were quite a few listener write-ins and people that we know that offered suggestions. And a lot of those overlapped. A lot of them are kind of redundant. Like a lot of people recommending the same things that we should change or add or, or whatever the case may be. I've made some big changes that I want to talk about. You've made some big changes that you want to talk about. And I also want to talk about uh, or give Kai a chance specifically to talk about her EDC bag because it, it it's a, it's different in several ways from yours and mine. So uh, first things first, listener write-ins, man. And uh, we had a listener, several listeners write in talking about travel toiletries bag. And uh, so toiletries, unless I'm traveling, are, are not a thing I typically think I need. Uh, so I was a little bit skeptical about this. Uh, but it just so happened about three, four weeks ago, I had to fly just a quick hop over to San Diego for a couple weeks of training I had to do. And I made myself, I said, you know what, I'm going to do this two weeks on an EDC bag, one change of clothes, the normal crap I have in my EDC bag, no check bag. And I put together a little toiletries bag, and I'll be honest, man, it takes up so little space. Basically, I ended up with like a small bottle of soap, some wet wipes, a toothbrush, a small thing, a toothpaste, a couple little things like that, man, that uh, it's so small, I decided to leave it in there. It turns out I've used it several times since. A couple times at work, I've been like, after lunch, I've been like, you know what, I'm going to go and brush my teeth now because my, you know, my mouth is feeling a little gross after that buffalo chicken wrap or whatever. Um... What what about you, man? What are your thoughts on a toiletries bag? Yeah, I I uh, did that. I added that. I I don't know if it was when I saw the listener write write that in or or where I got that idea from. I may have been there because I do travel every week. I at least spend one or two nights away from home every single week. So <clears throat> I'm like, well, there you go. Why, why why am I not doing that? And since I'm going to do it, why don't I go ahead and put it in a one a quart size bag? And just follow the TSA guidelines. That way it'll always be set up for a flight. You know what I mean? Absolutely, man. And that's one thing I did is I, uh, I so I have a little zippered bag. I actually took the, all right, man, I, there's no way to talk about this without kind of getting in the weeds. So uh, about a week after that episode came out, the first episode, Kai went online and found these electronics bags. So I took the bag that I had previously been storing all my electronics stuff in took all my electronics crap out, put it in this new bag that Kai bought for me. And and I'm like, well, I've got this extra bag. So that ended up being my travel toiletries bag. But I threw myself a quart Ziploc in there in case I go through TSA. I throw everything in that 311 compliant uh, Ziploc bag and go through security if I need to. I, I totally in agreement that everything in this bag should should probably fit in a quart size Ziploc or smaller. Yeah, totally. What about you, Kyle? So I actually, um, coming into this, I had traveled several times for work, and I hate baggage check. So I've I've sort of dialed in my um, travel to include always doing a carry-on, and with that kind of came having a toiletries bag at the ready. And I had this bigger toiletry bag that had a snap-in quart size bag, Um, so I always was able to pull that out and have it on top, ready to pull out when I went through security. So I basically just pulled that and put it in my EDC bag. And I sort of have a, a wet toiletries bag and a dry toiletries bag. So I've got my, 
Um, in that quart size one, I've got all my, you know, shampoo, conditioner, body wash, anything that, that's going to get flagged if I travel. And in the other one, I've got a toothbrush, I've got a comb, I've got medicines. I've, I've sort of combined it with my med bag. Um, so I've got two that are in my bag at all times now. I, I think, And again, at first, I wasn't going to put that wet trolley trees bag in if, unless I needed it, but it fit. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm about to go on a trip out to Colorado, which I'll talk about, but it's in my bag. It's ready to go. I'm flying to Colorado for 10 days with my EDC bag. That's my, that's what I'm packing with. So I'm ready to go. Wow. That, that's cool, man. Um, so where do we go? I mean, what, I don't know. Where do we start with this thing? Well, we've got a couple more listener write-ins, Rich. Uh, one thing, we went over the first aid kit fairly significantly during our last episode on EDC bags. And one thing a listener wrote in with that was totally unique was a CPR mask. And I don't have a CPR mask. I am CPR, I don't know, trained, qualified, certified, whatever it is. Uh, I don't disagree with this. I, I, I'm not going to lie to you, man. I still don't have one in my bag. I probably should think about it. Yeah, I do have one in my bag, and um, I've carried one since when I was a police officer, uh, and, and I was, as I've mentioned before, I was an EMT also back then. And uh, one of the other officers that that was on my squad, <clears throat> he got um, he got called. He arrived before there was a medical emergency, and he got there before the paramedics did. And he went into the uh, room, and this guy's been vomiting blood. He's covered in it. The girlfriend's like, please help him. He's dying. And he's like, I look at all this blood. I don't have my CPR mask. I'm like nine floors up, you know, and I had to run up here. And I'm thinking, if I got to go all the way back down there, the guy's not going to make it. If I give him uh, if I give him CPR now, I'm be covered in this guy's blood. <clears throat> so he said right at that moment, he heard the paramedics coming. He's like, I'm going to run down and, and grab one off the truck, and I'll be right back. I'm going to show him where we're at. Anyway, long story short, the guy ended up dying, and um, the lieutenant called him in and said, hey, man, did you give that guy CPR? I need to know right now. And he's like, uh, no, sir, I didn't. He goes, thank God he had full-blown AIDS, and, you know, you'd be, you know, in trouble. So, um, yeah, so I, after that, I've carried one with me in my stuff, and they're so small, Justin, Kai, you know, they're they're disposable. A couple of those in your bag, they fold down and next to nothing probably is a good idea. All right, man. I am going, as soon as we're done, I'm going to get on that. I'm going to fix that. Um, I've actually given CPR before, but with the aid of like an Ambu bag, like one of those uh, bags you squeeze to actually uh, force air through a person's airway with a built-in mask and whatever, but um, yeah, if you have to actually give mouth to mouth resuscitation, absolutely want one of those things. So the, the very last thing on this list, and this kind of ties in with the, uh, CPR mask is one very creative listener wrote in and told us that he always carries a toiletries bag with, uh, some mouthwash in it and his mouthwash. I'm led to believe rich, and you might be able to fill me. You might be able to help me out here. I'm led to believe his mouthwash is kind of special because he says that maybe you can help me understand what he's talking about here. He says it's 12 <laughs> years old and it was made in Scotland. Yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Guess what's getting in my bag? <laughs> <laughs> he said uh, he says it always makes him feel better to uh, get through security, find a quiet place in the airport, and then uh, have a little mouthwash to <laughs> <laughs> to de-stress a little bit. 
Yeah, that I'm writing that down as we speak. That's going in. <laughs> I, I think my mouthwash might be made out of corn in Kentucky, but yeah, I might I may be adding some mouthwash to my bag. Oh yeah. <laughs> so um one other thing before I start before I go into my stuff, one other thing is uh one of Kai's coworkers actually who's a big fan by the way, actually gave us this recommendation and I I feel kind of like a dumbass for not thinking about this, Rich, but she recommended having a paper copy of important phone numbers and email addresses and things like that because in some kind of emergency, our cell phones might shit the bed, we might drop them in a puddle of water, we might have to run out of the house naked and forget our cell phones because all we could grab is that EDC bag and our phone's not in it. So I really like the idea of having an actual physical paper copy of of super, super critical number, like, you know, my, like the phone number from my parents or Kai's parents, or, uh, maybe like even Kai, if we're, you know, if we're not at, at, uh, at home at the same time, having some sort of, uh, ability to get in touch with her that does not rely on some sort of electronic device. I'm going to implement this into my plan as well, man. You know, it's funny. I, I've lived long enough to see. Uh, yesterday was my birthday, by the way. Forty nine years young, but uh, happy birthday, buddy! Yeah, thanks. But I've I've lived long enough where you know I was in my mid to late twenties before all this technology really caught up to where we are now. And back then, you had to memorize numbers. You just had to know them, right? You walked around with them in your head. And and some of our younger listeners may not remember that that those times. But I just wrote this down. This is a a no brainer. What if my smartphone drops in a mud puddle or something, then what am I going to do, right? Absolutely. And I, I, I was thinking the same thing. There are only a few phone numbers that I've got memorized, and it's like my, and, and sad to say, one of them is my parents' home number, but a couple of them are like my boss's cell phone number, and, and that's not <laughs> right. something I'm proud of. But yeah, there's not a lot of, um, I don't set aside a lot of brain space for that anymore because we don't have to. We live in that age of of not having to memorize them. Yeah, actually, some of the phone numbers I have memorized are a cell phone number that I had for, I don't know, 10 or 12 years and don't have anymore. My, if you can believe this, my, the landline number at my family's house when I was growing up, which they haven't had for years now, my grandparents, both of my grandparents' phone numbers, uh, none of whom are alive anymore. So, yeah, most of the phone numbers I actually remember in my head are no good to anybody anymore. <laughs> hey, hey, Justin, I'm going to jump off EDC just for a second, but it kind of pertains to this, and I want your yeah. opinion as a privacy security guru. Because I remember that that seven digit number really well, and if I throw in the front digits, I got you know I got ten digits, and nobody's ever going to know. It's not written down anywhere. It's the, my home when I was in the third grade, but for some reason that number's etched in my head. Can I use that number as a good uh, password? I would, uh, so the thing I would maybe do is maybe put that number in quotations and Google it and just make sure it's not tied to your name someplace. Because I'm going to sidetrack a little bit here, but there are password, uh, like if I found something of Rich Browns that I wanted to break into, I could build a custom dictionary attack to attack your stuff specifically based on anything that I could find out about you online. And most of these, mm-hmm. most of these dictionary attack building tools just have a field for names. I can just plug in as many names as I want. Rich's wife, his kids, his parents, his brothers, his sisters, 
dates, Rich's anniversary, Rich's birthday, Rich's wife's birthday, Rich's kids' birthdays, etc. Rich's anniversary, um, significant phone numbers, any significant informa- information that I can find out about you, I can plug into here and it'll spit out millions of possible passwords for you based on heuristics around how humans make passwords. So I, I would I would maybe Google that number and just make sure there's no tie to you online anywhere. Otherwise, that's probably not a bad thing at all to use, man. Yeah, because it's burned into my head, and it'll probably be there to the day I die because, uh, you know, back then that's all you had. And I can't imagine anywhere. This is We're talking about the late 70s, early 80s, but I will definitely Google that, and hopefully it's not anywhere. So, so for me, my parents had that. The number that I'm thinking of, my parents had that number until just like four or five years ago from well before I was born until, I I mean, we're talking probably 50 years they had this phone number. So I wouldn't trust that. But I know you moved around a little bit more than I did as a kid. And you probably weren't in that place for 40 years with that number tied to your name and your parents' name. So that's probably good to go, man. Sweet. Okay, Justin, so that was a phenomenal idea, and I, th- I think that came from Cheryl. Cheryl, God bless you for that. We're all going to—that's my second note. i got mouthwash and paper copy so far. <laughs> we'll see how many more notes I've made before the end of the show. So, Justin, what's your mods, man? Okay, well, uh, one thing that we talked about is I carry—my uh, little battery container has some double A's and some triple A's in it, and we— I think we both agreed on this, that we both have AA batteries, even though we don't have anything that takes a AA battery. Is that right? So I went ahead and ordered a new flashlight. I gave Kai... So I carry a AAA flashlight in my pocket. I had a backup AAA flashlight in my backpack. So um, I was like, you know what? I've got these AA batteries. I might as well have something that takes them. So I spent 25 bucks. I bought a Phoenix... I don't remember the model, but it's a double A flashlight, so it can actually use those double A batteries. And at the worst case scenario, if I, for, you know, again, in my run out of the house naked scenario, I'm not downgrading on a flashlight. I'm actually upgrading, even though it's a bigger flashlight. A double A holds almost two times the charge of a triple A. I've got a better flashlight right there. And if I don't have to run out of the house naked and I need a better flashlight, I have one with me. So, uh, that was uh, that was one of the first changes I made after that episode. Uh, the next thing, and this is based directly on your recommendation, man. I threw some Benadryl in my first aid kit. Yeah, have you had to use it yet? Hopefully not. No, I haven't had to use this yet, man. But I just happened to be at the uh, gas station, and right there at the register, they have all their meds in these little. It's these very small cardboard boxes that all hold two little individual foil type packets of whatever. And I saw Benadryl there, and I was like, you know what, man? Rich said I should have some Benadryl. I'm going to grab a couple of these. Yeah, I actually carry an, I, I actually carry an EpiPen in my bag. And I, I when I took the first aid kit out when I was redoing the EDC bag prior to this episode, I'm like, oh, crap, I forgot I got this EpiPen in there because it, my wife is allergic to something, and she can go into anaphylactic shock and could potentially die. So not only is Benadryl, but if someone in your life uh, that is that allergic to something, it's probably not a bad idea to put in your kit bag because where else is it going to be stored? Right? Man, that's not a bad idea at all. As a matter of fact, <laughs> Kai and I both listen to, <laughs> have you ever heard of the Outside Podcast, Rich? Oh, yeah. When Kai and I first started dating, there was an episode about mushrooms, and it was I'm not going to give anything away about this episode. Uh, I will link to it in the show notes. 
it is the most fascinating friggin' episode I've ever heard. And we just happened to go camping one weekend very, very early on in our relationship. And I said, man, we're out here in the woods. Kai didn't really listen to podcasts at the time. I was just getting her into it. I said, man, let's listen to this episode of the Outside Podcast. It's phenomenal. So the other day, one came out about um, bee stings and like well and they both scared the shit out of me <laughs> yeah, yeah but but one the beasting one definitely mentioned the importance of an EpiPen and not just having it at your house but having it available because you could be walking the dog and get and again like not just you but somebody you love could be walking the dog and get stung down the street from your house and if you're 14 blocks away from your house and you get stung then great that you have an EpiPen at home but it's not going to do anything for you on the road. So yeah, and you never know when you're going to have an allergic reaction. My wife, yeah, uh, yeah. when she had this emergency one, um, drove herself to the ER. You know, it was something that we. She got bit by a couple of fire ants. No big deal. She'd been bitten by them before, but all of a sudden it just took a really nasty turn, and she ended up spending uh, you know the better part of a day in the ER. So now we. We carry that, and I, I think putting it in your bag and having it with you is probably better than, like you said, Kai, having it at home in the medicine cabinet. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, man. And uh, I actually know people that are allergic to shellfish, but they love shrimp or whatever so much that they'll bank like two or three EpiPens, go to the seafood place, <laughs> just like eat up and like just jam themselves with an EpiPen and wait for the paramedics to get there, man. <laughs> <What>? Ride the wave. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Stay away from the light. <laughs> uh, uh, so anyway uh so anyway yeah uh so i added a double a flashlight i passed my backup triple a flashlight down to kai which she's carrying uh on an edc basis now added some benadryl to my first aid kit the next thing man and this is a huge deficiency that you identified for me is uh is a water purification capability and uh, i didn't buy a filter i didn't buy a sawyer squeeze I just bought some uh, Katahdin MP, Micro Pure MP1 water purification tablets, basically just on the basis that a t- I think a 20-pack of these things, which is 20 quarts of water, will um, it, it takes up virtually no space, no weight whatsoever, and it only costs $10 to buy these things. Uh, so that's what I went with, man. Yeah, and I'm going to talk about, because um, after you and I talked about water purification, it got me thinking and playing with it, but I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit later, but I, I'm glad you did that. I think that's going to happen. And I like that you don't need to have a bunch, but 20 quarts, I mean, that's more than enough, I think. What is that, five gallons of water? Yeah, that, yeah, that's, yeah. that's quite a bit of water, yeah. Uh, in addition to still being able to boil water if I need to or, or what have you. So uh, the other thing I did uh, for my for my um, like inclement weather gear we, man, we went to REI the weekend after this episode aired and bought some stuff. And we bought these basically little, I'm sure you've seen it if you've been on Instagram, these little um, packing cubes. So I have a packing cube that has some inclement weather gear in it. It has a raincoat, it has a hat, and it has some gloves in it. So if I find myself in a situation where I'm caught. And as a matter of fact, man, I've used two out of the three of those things. I've used everything except the gloves already. Uh, when I was in a situation where I was cold or it was rainy and I didn't expect that to be the case. Uh, so I've added those things. One other thing, 
so that weekend that we went to REI, we, we kind of went on the basis of shopping for an EDC bag for Kai. She was looking for a backpack. And one thing I noticed with all the backpacks at REI, nearly every single one of them come with a built-in rain cover. And you mentioned that too, Rich. You mentioned when you go out to an IDPA match, you, all, you make sure you have some kind of waterproof bag that you can put your stuff into if it starts to rain or whatever. And I don't know why this didn't occur to me with the backpack that I had that it didn't come with a rain cover. Cause usually that's the thing I think about. I've, I've done a fair amount of backpacking and stuff and you don't want your shit wet if you can help it. So, uh, what I ended up having to do is just buy a generic, well, not generic, an REI brand rain cover, uh, that fits like kind of, you know, kind of generically sized. So that's the thing I've added to my, uh, to my pack. And I don't think I talked about this last time, uh, but, but, well, I don't think it was the case last time, but my removal for flight bag, uh, now I've added uh, three spare magazines to that and a magazine carrier, magazine pouch, whatever you want to call it. So uh, I have that capability as well. Yeah. I want to circle back to the, uh, since we're talking about rain and water and all this other kind of stuff, did, did, do you follow uh, UFC at all? Uh, not very much, no. There was a. This has been ten years ago, but there was a really good fighter, uh, Evan Tanner, and uh, he went missing out in the desert. You know, and he said, uh, matter of fact, he sent a text to his friends. People were worried about the fact that, you know, here he is, this great MMA fighter was going to do some stuff alone in the desert. And he sent out this text saying, "Hey, man, people are posting that I might die out in the desert and all this crap. Look, you know, come on, calm down. It's Southern California. People go out in the desert all the time. It's no big deal. This isn't going to be something like." into the wild and the guy died a couple days later because he didn't have water and he had he was found dead next to um an empty bottle and there was ample water around him and none of it was you know drinkable so if he would have just had some of that water purification he might be alive today so i mean something that you know what is your what is that katahdin stuff weigh uh justin just a few ounces basically basically nothing man i mean it, it Dude, I don't even know what to compare it to. It it weighs it, like the the foil packet that those things come in probably way more than the tablets themselves. Yeah, so the, if that guy would have had something like that, man, he'd he'd be alive kicking ass today. But I mean, for something that weighs that that little and costs so little, why not? I just don't I don't know why why you wouldn't do that. Yeah, man, especially for something like water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so. Those those are basically small, like kind of incremental modifications I've made. The one other big thing I've added is, I don't know what to call this, repair module, whatever you want to call it, but uh, I added some 550 cord, about 10 or 15 feet of it. I don't know exactly, but a, a, like a decent amount of 550 cord. And basically I'm storing all this in a Ziploc bag. Uh, I added some zip ties, uh, added six of those, and they're 12-inch zip ties, um, I added some duct tape and man, I'm pretty proud of myself for this. Cause, uh, Kai has some duct tape in her kit too. I basically took, are you familiar with dog poop bags? Uh, not specifically designed dog poop bag. No. Well, we, we buy a lot of them cause we have <laughs> three fucking dogs and we live in a city and have to walk them and pick up their shit. So, <laughs> uh, basically those dog poop bags come in a roll that's about, I don't know, two, two and a half inches long. And in the middle of that roll, there's a little plastic tube about the, a little bit bigger than the diameter of like a pencil. 
And what I did is I bought some really nice duct tape, some Gorilla duct, some Gorilla tape, and I took a couple of those uh, inserts, those liners from those rolls of dog poop bags, and I basically made just little compact rolls of duct tape that we could uh, keep handy in our EDC bag instead of like a full-size roll of duct tape. And I'll tell you, man, that's the thing I thought, yeah, this thing's going to live in my EDC bag for five years. It's going to have a bunch of lint stuck to it, and I'm going to end up throwing it away or something because it's going to be all melted or whatever. The second week I had that crap in there, man, I was teaching a class. I showed up at the conference room, and I needed to be able to tape some cables to the floor, some power cords to the floor between basically student desks and the wall so people aren't tripping over these cords. I used every single bit of that tape, man, within two weeks of having it in there. So damn glad I had it. The one other thing that I have not found yet, I'm looking for a sewing kit. So and it, real simple, couple needles, three or four different colors of thread. I don't. When you search on Amazon for sewing kit, man, it throws these massive kits with like 50 different rolls of thread and some cheap ass plastic box or whatever. I just need something real simple for travel like I'm sure you remember this, uh, Rich, at the at uh, the recruit training depots. They had these little, um, I uh, uh, these little vinyl pocket sewing kits that every recruit got to sew buttons back on their pants and stuff. I'd like to find something like that, dude. That's exactly what I have in my my EDC bag. That exact one. But I but I was at Paris Island Station there for six years. So once over a week or so, we'd go down to the recruit exchange and pick up some stuff and. Next time I go down there, I'll, I'll grab you one if you can't find one online. But yeah, that that is the way to go. Yeah, I might I might be down at Paris Island in April or May sometime. So yeah, I'll, I, but in the meantime, if the listener has a, a good sewing kit recommendation, I'm all ears. Okay, man, is that is that to wrap up your mods? Okay. Does that? Well, I, I mean, I don't know if you want to talk about the electronics bag that you upgraded to. Well, yeah, I did get a new electronics bag. Not really a big change in the stuff that's in it, but uh, definitely a nice new bag. Am I missing anything else? I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. All right, Rich, what do you got, man? Oh, man, where do I, where do I start with this? Let's start philosophically. You know, before I had one emergency go bag, and, and I just let, left it alone. I didn't screw with it. It was packed with the stuff I thought I would need to go on foot if I ever had to. And um, it just stayed kind of in my truck. <clears throat> then we had our show, and then I thought, oh, man, I'm, that's not a good philosophy. Let, let's go to EDC bag philosophy 2.0. So I broke it down, and I've got one bag that does my everyday stuff, and I've got number two bag that is, is the one that's wedded to my truck. And then I quickly recognized the problem with that. You know, I would be walking around with one and go, ah, oh, shit, I need something that's in the other one. So that, that's, that's out. That lasted about two or three weeks before I realized the fallacy of that. Then we're into EDC Bag Philosophy 3.0. And that's more along the lines, Justin, of what you've had probably from the beginning. And that is an everyday bag that MacGyver, Charles Bronson, or even Carrie Bradshaw from Sex and the City would, would be proud and honored to have. So... It can sustain me, it can reinforce me, it can enrich my life, it can do all these things. And um, and in order to come up with that, I had to let a few things go, okay? So I want to talk about some of the things that kind of got left behind. I took the saw your squeeze out, bro, and I'm going to tell you why. Um, when I started playing with it, as I was building these bags, I realized it has a fatal flaw, and that is if it gets frozen, 
with some of the residual water inside, it can bust apart the little the ceramic fibers that trap the uh, the molecules that can make you sick or potentially harm you. So I'm like, man, no, me, there's no telling how many times that that Sawyer squeeze is frozen, and I'm unaware of it. So thank God I'm fine for drinking some water with through that. But so that had to go. Um, the water bottles, I was I just kept two water bottles in there and I realized that there's a potential to freeze and them to bust in the bag. I didn't want that to happen. One of the things that you kind of slapped me around about, Justin, was I had some kind of weird survival food in there that I really never intended on eating. And I'm like, why would I do that? I get hungry from time to time. Why don't I have food in there that I can enjoy instead of just this weird prepackaged survival crap? The other thing I carried and used like one time in the last four years was these little slip-on ice booties. Uh, they weigh almost nothing, and they're really cool, and they come in handy, but I'm just going to leave those in the center console of the truck. If I get somewhere I need to put them on, I, I got them. I've been carrying handcuffs forever, dude, and I know that I, I still do this law enforcement training, but I think I'm just going to carry that to the venues that I need them, and just I don't need that in my bag every day, so... Those are just some of the things that kind of had to go away. Do you did you take anything out like when you were doing your stuff? Um, we really didn't didn't cover that really, but I didn't know if you, it was something you went. Nah, I don't need this. I don't. I don't think I took anything out. I was. I feel like I was running pretty minimal. Um, I I feel like you made me want to add shit into my bag because I felt like I was real real solid for like office work and maybe had a few things here and there for outside the office situations and it sounds like you might have been the reverse that's exactly right i had all the survival shit and nothing for day-to-day office kind of stuff which i find myself in all the time so yeah that's exactly what i did justin a lot of survival shit went out and a lot of the day-to-day office stuff went in so a a couple things on that man i had no freaking clue about the sawyer squeeze freezing that's kind of scary and i think the life straw may be the same way because they work off the same sort of ceramic filtration and uh so that's why uh one of the things that sawyer squeeze went out and what came in is and i don't have it in front of me so i couldn't tell you but i could dig it out of my bag but i don't really know it's some sort of water purification tabs it may be katahdin i'm I'm honestly not quite sure but that's one of the things that went in some of the other things that went in one of which we already covered in detail was the toiletry bag that's tsa compliant ready to fly a big ladder i didn't realize those are you can fly with a big ladder so big ladder went in a small pair of scissors i thought that i i normally wouldn't fly with my um carry on having a first aid kit because i was afraid that tourniquets weren't lawful or a small pair of like uh, surgical scissors Turns out I got some now that are TSA compliant, so I can fly with the tourniquet. I can fly with the scissors. So that stays in. I need to look into those scissors then. Yeah. Um, the TSAs, if you check their website out, that's actually um, a little fuzzy, but as long as they're relatively small and um, I, I'll, I'll, put a, I'll put a picture of what I use and you, we can go from there, but... I love the concept, Justin, of the remove before flight. Once you told me that, I, it kind of opened up the world of possibilities of I can have my bag set up however I want as long as I've got that one module, you know, to, to use um, Kai's term, that can just get pulled out and thrown in my truck and I take the bag and I get in line at the airport, I'm good to go. So that is definitely something I've done. 
I, my son bought me a survival shelter yesterday for my birthday, and this is pretty freaking awesome. It's about the size of an iPhone, and it's got a 14-foot uh, 550 cord and a little small thing, like I said, about the size of an iPhone, and you pull it out, and, it, and you tie it off to two trees. You crawl inside this little uh, survival thing, and it, it's disposable. You know, you can use it for up to a week and throw it away when you're done, but it's just enough to keep you in the dry, keep you warm. It's pretty cool. I'll have to put a. I'll, I'll send you some stuff for the show notes on that one. Normal foods, we already beat that to death. M- my medications, uh, packable down jacket, passport was something I was always fearful of traveling with. But uh, there again, you know, you're like, well, there's no identifiable stuff in it. Uh, it doesn't say where you live. It doesn't say your phone number. Okay, well, money, bro. I've always been <laughs> bad about not having my money in my bag, but I took out some cash. I've, I've got it in there now. Some change. That was another great example because. I don't normally go through toll booths, but I just so happened to right before, um, right after that episode, I had to go to Oklahoma, and there's lots of toll tolls there, so the change came in perfectly handy. A wide mouth, double walled, insulated water bottle is what replaced the two uh, water bottles that I did have, and then sunglasses, glasses, you know, zip ties. I actually put lock picks in there because I didn't realize you could travel with uh, carry on with lock picks. TSA is fine with that too, so. Anyway, man, my pack is pretty rad now. I'm loving it. Man, that, that bag does sound freaking awesome, man. And I, I'm not going to lie to you, man. This should be a thing that I should know. I didn't realize you could travel lockpicks, but maybe I'll... And I know my lockpick kit has some like some sharp items in it and stuff like that that probably wouldn't be acceptable. But one thing on money, and this is a problem that I ran into just uh, about a week ago, man. I, you know, I mentioned I'm a big fan of having some money in there and I like, I'm thinking about this more and more and more. And I mentioned, I like to have a backup of my ATM card and my credit card in my EDC bag. And Kai and I were just about to get on the road for our road trip over Thanksgiving. We did, we did about a four day road trip over Thanksgiving. And before we left the house, I said, hey, I'm going to run out. I'm going to fill the car up. I'm going to get some money out of the ATM. And we're going to be, you know, come back, we'll pack up, and we'll be off to the races. And I went to the ATM, and it said, please contact your financial institution. So I'm like, okay, no problem. So I went to a slightly more inconvenient ATM that happened to be at a bank. And this is a bank that uh, it's not the branch that, that this card is issued through or not the, the institution the cards uh, issued through, but I do have an account there. I trust their ATMs, and that ATM said the exact same thing. Contact your financial institution. So I was like, what the shit, man? So I come back, call the bank, and they're like, oh, your chip, there's something wrong with the chip in that card. It's corrupted somehow, so we're just going to have to send you a new ATM card. And I said, well, Turns out, no problem, because you already sent me one. I got a backup in my... I didn't tell them this, but I had a backup of my ATM card in my EDC bag. was able to just pull that one out, went right to the bank, took money out, and we were good to go, man. But uh, and, and I told them to go ahead and send me a replacement anyway, but... Uh, I, I'm a big, big advocate of having cash on hand, man. Yeah, and you turned me on to... There was a podcast... Um Gosh, I can't remember, but one of the things he mentioned was having a thousand dollars in cash in your bag. Do you remember what what podcast that was? Yeah, that that was the In the Rabbit Hole Urban Survival Podcast with my friend Aaron Frankel, 
And the guest on there was another one of my friends, Joshua Sheets, who we will definitely have Joshua on the show before long to talk about personal finance. But um, Joshua strongly recommended a thousand bucks. And I, I would agree with that, man, because uh, I don't know where you do you remember where you were during uh, Hurricane Katrina, Rich? Uh, yeah, I was in the Marine Corps, I think at Paris Island. I was, yeah, I was too. I was stationed at Camp Lejeune and it, and the weekend following that I was taking a little road trip myself and I remember gas being as much as $5 a gallon, which is much as three times as what it cost before, like just a few days before. And like, I, I mean, at the time, five bucks a gallon, if you need 15 gallons in your car, that's, that's quite a bit of money, man. But imagine that, you know, imagine if that disaster had been even wider scale or lasted longer, you know, a thousand dollars seems like a lot, but imagine gas being 10, 15, $20 a gallon, man. And think about how far a thousand dollars really gets you. Uh, I don't think that's an imprudent amount of money to have. And it's not an expense. You're not going out and buying a thousand dollar thing. You actually have that cash. So if you just need it for normal everyday life expenses, it's, it's just money right there. You, you know, it's not really all that much different than having it in your savings account. Yeah. And I'd, I'd listen to that podcast and I'm like, okay, well, that's, I might start squirreling out of way. Cause if I tell my wife, I'm going to put a thousand dollars on my EDC bag, she's going to punch me in the face. But uh, you know, okay. Hey, no problem, honey. Just go take the money out and stick it in your bag. Sure. No, it's not going to happen. <clears throat> so anyway, so I'm building up to it. I've got a few hundred in there now, but I was driving to Nashville to buy something off of a private seller and um, I was texting with them and they said, yeah, just, you know, a, a, a check or cash. So I did the same thing. I pulled off at an exit. So I'll go to the ATM and use it. And I started having these ATM problems. And right then I was like, man, this is why you carry cash right here because of yep. crap like this. And, and, of course, it happened to you, too. So in this in the age we live in, those chips go bad, shit happens, you lose your stuff, the, the power goes out, God knows why. But the, the, these forms of electronic currency that we live by every single day can and will fail, and I think we need to have backup. And one of the things he mentioned, Justin, I think, if, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, was with $1,000, you can probably buy yourself a plane ticket or something like that to get out of where you are. I mean, it's just a prudent thing to do. Man, there is not a lot of problems $1,000 won't buy you out of. If you're on a road trip, there's not a lot of vehicle problems that $1,000 won't solve, man. There's like $1,000 opens up, a, and that's an arbitrary sum, obviously, but that opens up a world of possibilities for you. Yeah, I love that, man. So I'm I'm on my way to building up a thousand dollars to to carry around. If you if your if your wife is uh, or girlfriend or or boyfriend or whatever you got going on there, if they're cool with it, man, throw a thousand bucks in there. I think it couldn't hurt. Yeah. All right. So the uh, I want to hear from Kai. Kai's been sitting here patiently listening to us <laughs> ramble on, unfortunately. <laughs> Um, but Kai's probably made a bigger change than any of us as far as EDC bags are concerned. So. Kai, take it away. Well, yeah, like I said before, I think when I started this endeavor, I really intended for it to be a bag that I was able to pull out and pack for work travel easily and and not worry about forgetting things. But I started carrying it to work, and it just um, it kind of changed the way I function. And so we, we spent a lot of time at REI picking out the bag and... Um, and I was really impressed. I mean, I ended up going with a bag that was REI brand and I 
can't tell you how impressed I am with some of the design features, including, uh, not the least of which, were giant pockets on the side for water bottles. I, I don't know if you guys have experienced this before, but I, I mean, I'm, I'm a hydrator. I, I have a water bottle with me at all times, basically. And um, this backpack had the biggest pockets on the side I've ever seen, but they were elasticized. So they fit to whatever water bottle you were going to put in there, whether it was like a 32 ounce Nalgene or whatever you had, or, or even just like a coffee travel, travel mug. Um, but I ended up upgrading because of that to a 64 ounce clean canteen, uh, single walled, um, water bottle. And I, I, it's, it's insane. I love it. I, I've got made fun of at work for <laughs> taking all the water out of the Brita, but, uh, I, I feel real confident that I always have enough water for me. I, you know, I'm constantly hydrating, whether it's at my desk or whether I'm in the airport. Um, but this backpack can handle what I've got. And that's, that's real impressive for me. Um, well, so a big, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but a big piece of Kai's kind of mindset shift on this is you had to fly back to the east coast for a week Mm -hmm. you got in your rental car and you didn't have a car charger is that (sighs) yeah yeah so like i mentioned before i've i feel like i'm on my fourth car charger for my cell phone and i do a lot of trips where i'll fly to a a city or or a, a state and have to traverse that state for the entire trip so i'll be there for a week and i cover all of idaho or i cover all of vermont um And so I need to have my phone charged up for emergency contact. I need my phone charged up for um, GPS use. I need, and my phone is also, for the most part, uh, you know, it's got my work email on it. So I'm, I'm, I'm accessing my phone a lot. I need it to be ready to go. And I (laughs) landed in Vermont one time and found that I had not packed or misplaced a card charger and then ended up going to Walmart and buying my fourth one. And so, um, that was sort of the impetus for looking into an electronics bag for the two of us that had within it some modular, um, arrangements. So I've got, um, elastic band that holds my headphones and elastic band that holds my, um, charging cord and elastic band that holds (laughs) said car charger. Um, I've got a backup battery in there, Rich, I've got a headlight from Black Diamond. Yes. <laughs> Among other flashlights. And I even a backup charger for my uh, laptop. You know, I, I work on a um, one of those uh, docking stations. So my, my when I'm at work, my laptop is plugged into that docking station. If I go on a trip, it's a big pain in the ass to unplug that station, get the cord from it. So I have a duplicate charger that I keep in my EDC bag at all times. So when I leave work and I go on a trip, I, I undock my laptop, I slide it into the sleeve of my backpack and I go because I know I've got my charger in my bag, in my electronics packet. Um, and it, I just, it makes me a more confident traveler. It makes me more confident when I'm on the road. I know if anything happens, um, especially on some of those trips where I'm driving, you know, across the state by myself, I know I've got a snack pack. Um, I know I've got batteries. I know I've got extra clothes. I know I've got all my meds. You know, I, I feel pretty confident when I set off from an airport that I've got all the shit that I need to, to get through a trip. And that's pretty cool. Yeah, I love that, man. That Anything to reduce that travel anxiety, I think, is a good thing. And I, I'm with you, Kai, having all my stuff with me so that I'm like, yeah, I, I got it. I, I can... Uh... 
be more confident with where, where mm-hmm. I'm going or what mm-hmm. I'm doing. So, um, Kai, do you, I hate to bring this up. Um, cause like, Ooh, look, a woman on the show. Uh, <laughs> do you want to talk about feminine hygiene? I figured we were going there. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, um, and if it makes anybody uncomfortable, grow up. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll talk about my male but hygiene one, here in a second. So go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but one of the bags that I have in my EDC is a small zip bag that just has tampons and, um, painting liners in it, you know, in case of emergency and not even for me, but just if somebody else is having a, a bad day and, and didn't know, um, that they were going to need some stuff, I've got it there and it's just there all the time. It's, it's full all the time. So, um, again, like it's, that's something that's not necessarily readily available and I don't necessarily always have time or availability to run to a CVS or a Walgreens or something. So um, having those things on me, it, it, it's one of those things that's an evergreen. You know at some point you're going to need those things. You might as well have them on you. And you guys talked a lot about weight and, um, you know, uh, sort of real estate. And, and it takes up very little space and it weighs next to nothing. It's negligible. So it's why not have it? in my bag all the time. And then I know I'm prepared for whatever life's going to throw my way. So I love that. Love it. (laughs) I guess the next thing, man, we've actually been doing some, uh, I guess a little bit of, uh, EDC bag workouts. What's that? Tell me more about that. Well, we've, we've done several hikes with our EDC bag in the configuration that they are most often in, uh, and I like most of the shit that's, uh, that's in them at all times. Um, we've done several five to six mile hikes, including one that we talked about several weeks ago that where we gained three, somewhere between three and 400 feet of elevation. And I'm not going to lie to you, man. That one was a bit of an ass kicker. <laughs> what, what is your bags weigh? Do you, do you know what they weigh right now? I'd be afraid afraid to say man i'd say mine's probably probably somewhere between 20 and 25 pounds yeah probably that's probably about right with with full complement of water and a laptop in it i'd say mine's well yeah i think mine's less i don't have my laptop in it all the time that's a pretty work conditional thing um and it definitely adds a bit but i'd say more often than not it's it's under 20 yeah i weighed mine that's why i ask and uh, without the laptop in it it's 18.6 so if, if i weigh 200 pounds if i can keep it down to 10 you know 10 percent of my body weight and and do you know 99 percent of the things i needed to do uh, i'm winning i think and 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 that's a really good model rich that 10 percent of your body weight man most people can probably carry 10 percent of their body weight a long freaking way yeah you start getting up around you know, 20, 30, 40% of your body weight, and that's shit's going to crush you, man. Man, I was I was telling Kai, like, some of the patrols I did when I was in the military, I would weigh my rucksack uh, beforehand, and, and I weighed less then than I, I mean, I'm not big by any means now, but, um, I, I mean, sometimes I'm carrying a 80-pound rucksack on a, you know, on a on a patrol that's five, six, seven days long, man, and it, it's it's brutal, dude. Oh yeah. At the school of infantry, man, we had a, uh, in order to graduate the class, they had to do a 25 mile or so. And if you were an instructor, there was no getting out of that. We needed every instructor there to manage the, the privates as they were getting their asses kicked out there. So I think I did 
after three and a half years in the fleet and then three years at the School of Infantry, those three years I probably did put through 29 classes. So all the hikes and then 29 different 25 milers. And if you're an instructor, man, you're running most of the time just to keep up. So I learned a lot about uh, having all that weight on your back, just like you probably did on those long range reconnaissance patrols. Yeah, man, it <clears throat> it is not fun. And, and, you know, I throw that out to the people that got a, a 40 pound, 50 pound pack full of MREs and I, God knows what else, man get out and put some miles on that thing and come back to me and tell me what you think. Yeah, totally. So if you can find out what you weigh and then if you can keep it within 10 to 15%, no more than certainly no more than 20%, not a pound, not an ounce more. And even there, we can do some stuff on lightweight packing. I mean, little things like uh, cutting the, the, the little tags off of the back of your stuff. I mean, when you read a book, throw those pages away as you go. I mean, there's little things you can do to lighten the load as you go, but yeah, tear the cover off. If you like, if you, if you want to, like, I've seen people that are backpack do this, that want to take a paperback that will tear the cover off before they go to save, you know, a half an ounce of weight because ounces equal pounds and pounds equal pain. <laughs> right on, man. So uh, a couple other things that we've done with this is, uh, is some, like some pretty decent travel, man. I did a couple weeks out in San Diego with nothing more than my EDC bag. And, uh, that involved a little bit of, uh, doing some laundry in the bathtub with my, uh, my Dr. Browner soap and stuff like that and, and drying stuff and ironing it the next day and, and things like that. Um, Kai's got this upcoming big ass trip, uh, up North to Colorado, uh, where she's going to ring out the EDC bag concept. And we're going <clears> to, <throat> we're going to do about two weeks internationally, uh, coming up pretty soon, uh, to Iceland and Ireland with nothing more than our EDC bags. So that's all you guys are going to take your EDC bags. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love yep. it. Dude, yep. I love it. And yeah, same thing here, man. I've got a, uh, as we were talking earlier today, I've, I've got an event I totally forgot about that I've, had on the schedule for some time now, but we're going backpacking and uh, coyote hunting out in Wyoming. So I'll be trying to do it just on my EDC bag. So we'll see, I'll let you know how that goes. I love it, man. So I, I guess one other kind of thing that we've added or modified maybe is, so I, I keep a change of clothes in my EDC bag in one of those uh, packing cubes. And one thing that, that I am trying to get away from is cotton, uh, especially T-shirts and socks, and move to merino wool. And the reason for that is, man, you can wear the same wool socks and the same wool shirt for five, six, seven days without it developing any kind of funk. It's really resistant to being stinky. And the other thing is it really helps you maintain your body temperature uh, when it's cold, when it's hot, and even if that stuff is soaking wet, it will still retain heat. So uh, we're kind of we're kind of in the process of making the switch to some wool base layers, especially for things like our trip to Iceland, Ireland, where basically we have the clothes on our back and one spare change of clothes, and that's it. I love that, man. How would you? Um, I've got some of those uh, smart wool and some and darn tough socks, so I'm a little bit familiar with it, but juxtaposing that merino wool relative to like polypros that we wore in the marine corps are they at all comparable or completely different um so the wool like those polypros are really stretchy you can really 
uh, get those things like real form fit to your body. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. I don't think the uh, wool is quite that like stretchy and form fitty. It's a little more boxy, but so basically what we have right now is a couple of long sleeve, like liner, like basically long sleeve wool t-shirts. They're real thin and they're not itchy. Like you think of with wool. How would you describe them, Kai? I, I'm, they're, they're thin, but dense, I guess is the best. Yeah. 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 So like basically what I'm going to do is a wool, uh, uh, a wool long sleeve t-shirt, a heavy wool sweater, and then my coat. And I, I, I don't know how Kai feels about this, but I may, I may also invest or I don't know if she will do it also, but I may also invest in one pair of wool, like long underwear. Uh, cause I, I think it's probably going to be pretty chilly where we're going. I'd say Iceland. Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially mm-hmm. our, in well, the winter time. And, yeah. And we've been, yeah, and we've been testing that out. Um, we've gone to a couple outdoor parties recently and worn our our <laughs> foul weather uniforms to just to see how they hold <laughs> up. And and it really like those merino undershirts really cut down on the wind. Um, I, you know, I wore that undershirt and a um, a sweater and a vest and felt pretty toasty the entire night. So. Well- Pretty, pretty confident. Well, if you guys got any recommendations on specific types of the, the merino wool you're selling me on it, man, uh, if those come in the show notes, that would be pretty awesome because I'm sure everybody else listening to this is wanting to, wanting to get in on that. Yeah, for sure, man. We Well, we I, I, this was a separate trip to REI, but we're like, how can we cut down on the clothing we need and the laundry we need to do? And wool came up over and over again. So we went to REI and said, hey, where's your wool base layers? And they said, well, the Patagonia stuff's over there, and it was like $300, and the REI stuff's over there, and it was like 80 bucks. So that kind of narrowed our decision down yeah. for us. Um, and Kai caught a fucking awesome Cyber Monday sale, and we got those shirts for like 40 bucks a piece or something. So I was, but yeah, we'll have links to all that stuff in the show notes. And, uh, yeah, yeah, man. It's like you can wear it for a long time without having to wash it, and it keeps you warm even if it's soaking wet, and it wicks moisture away from your body when it's hot. Hey, are you guys uh, REI members? Do you get your card? Yeah. That's actually one of the few memberships I've found that's actually pretty good. I've had good success with it every year. I get my dividends. I walk in there. There's no like, well, mm-hmm. you can't use it for this, but you can use it for that. I've been able to use it and and tie other discounts to it and all kinds of stuff. So they're pretty good with that. Oh yeah, I, mean, I will say they they catch you. They build it out the way they want to. They sent me a, a ten dollar coupon the other day for being such a good customer, and so we uh, <laughs> we we <laughs> used that and we did the in store pickup so that we would cut down on uh, the cost of shipping. Mm-hmm. And then we ended up spending another hundred and forty dollars when we get went you. in to pick up the two things I got for ten dollars. So, um, but uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's all stuff I'm going to use. So. Uh, I'm I am a big fan of my membership, and I think I've been a member for like eight years now, uh, and no regrets. Nice. <clears throat> All right, what do, what else we got left, guys? I don't know, man. Uh, you got anything else to add, Rich? I don't think so, man. We could go on all day, but I, I have a feeling we'll probably be back here doing an EDC bag follow up here in about six months or so. <laughs> probably so, man. As we add more stuff, because, because oh. yeah, seriously, once you guys go to Iceland and Ireland, you see what what 
little things you need to add for international travel, we probably need to update it. You know, once I go off into the wild of uh, Wyoming for a week and come back, I'm going to have some changes. So I think we're ever evolving on this, man. I don't see a problem with that. Do you? Rich, I totally agree with you, man. We're this probably six months from now. And it's hard to believe, dude, this has been, what, 12, 13 weeks since the original EDC bag episode. That seems like four freaking ever ago. But yeah, six months a year from now, we'll probably be revisiting again. One other thing I wanted to point out that Kai did was uh, apply for her global entry card. Do you want to talk about that, Kai? Yeah, um, so easy process, just went online. I And I don't know, I never knew about it before I heard Justin talk about it. Um, and like I said, I travel a lot for work. I've waited in a lot of security lines. Um, you know, never had any horrible experiences, but um, it certainly has eaten up a lot of my time. And so went online one afternoon, applied for a global entry card, um, went online today. I think it's been a couple weeks. Um, I've been conditionally approved, so I go in for an interview and... That's going to shave a ton of time off of the trip that we're taking to Ireland and Iceland, both getting through security, but also getting back through customs coming back into the U.S. So I'm pretty stoked about that. Yeah, that's cool, man. I, I got to do that before we go overseas again because we were waiting in line with all the, the sodomites, and I really would prefer to not do that next time. <laughs> I think it's real quick, man. Uh, I don't know. Probably I, I got mine a couple of years ago, and I, I you sign up, I think it costs $100, and they've got to look at your application. They do a background check, and then you got to, you know, a few weeks later go in for an interview. And it, it, there's a million different airports that, well, not a million, but many different airports that you can go into uh, without going through security and visit a customs office and do your interview. It's a real cr- quick process. It gets you TSA pre-check on any domestic flight. And then when you come back into the United States from overseas, you can go through the self-check kiosk, and uh, it's a massively shorter line, much, much faster process. Yeah, when I saw it the last time I traveled, I'm like, what am I doing? I'm standing here in line for an hour and a half like an idiot. <laughs> yeah, totally. I'm on board. Yeah, it, it's worth the money, man. Yeah. All right, what's that, What's next, man? Are we, we done? Are we ready to close this thing out or what? I think so, man. Kai, do you have anything else to add on EDC bags? No, I mean, <laughs> other than just to thank you guys um, for introducing me to that. I, it's something I had never heard of before meeting Justin and, and Rich. And I, it's definitely something that's in my wheelhouse. And it's changing the way that I live my life and travel. And that's a huge part of my life. So I, I, I appreciate it. And I am excited to hear more from, from you guys on, on things that changes that you're making. And even from your listeners, because that's impacting the way that I'm looking at, you know, the perspective I'm taking on this. So I really appreciate it. Well, you're welcome, Kai. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rich, uh, you want to talk about the book of the week? The book of the week, man. I thought that was your, didn't you have the book of the week this week? I guess I did. All right, I'll do the book <laughs> of the week. So this is, since we're doing a follow-up episode, I thought I would do a follow-up book of the week because during our coffee episode several weeks back, I did not have a good book to offer and I told the listeners I would go out and find something, and sure as hell I did, man. And this book is called Uncommon Grounds, The History of Coffee and How It Transformed the World. And let me tell you guys, if you want an audiobook that will consume a substantial amount of time, this thing is a crazy, crazy long audiobook. I, I 
don't know off the top of my head how many hours this thing is, but man, it's something like 18 hours or something like that. It 16 hours and 58 minutes, seven, so basically 17 hours. This thing will eat some travel up. And dude, this guy goes back to the very, very beginnings of coffee, um, all the way up through things like the Keurig and everything in between, man. The the advertising battles of the early 1900s on the radio, the TV ads, the competition between companies that we don't even know the names of anymore because they don't exist any longer, and everything in between, man. This was a, a fascinating book to me, and if you want to dig real deep into the history of coffee, cannot recommend this book strongly enough. Uncommon Grounds, The History of Coffee and, it, and How It Transformed Our World by Mark Pendergrass. Dude, I'm going to check that out because I, I was hunting for a, a coffee book, and uh, I think you have found it. So so you recommend the audiobook? Uh, actually, I really did enjoy the audiobook. It's narrated by Matthew Boston, and he's got a deep, gravelly voice, and it's just perfect for a book about coffee and a, a bunch of backstabbing businessmen trying to get one over on each other and a bunch of banana republics. And, it, it man... Yeah, it, I dug it a lot. Do you use Audible, just out of curiosity? I do, I okay, sure do. good deal. I just want, that's what I'll do then. Yep, uh, I, use, uh, I use Audible, and, uh, and sometimes iBooks, though, Kai and I have found that we cannot share. If I buy an audiobook on iBooks, we can't share that between each other, so we've moved over to, uh, to Audible to be able to, sh- so we can buy a book and both listen to it on separate devices, but um, maybe we should look into getting an Audible... Uh, uh, have our show supported by Audible. Mm, Audible, give us a give us a shout. Rich at America, <laughs> Rich at AcrossThePeak.com. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, Rich, you want to take us out, buddy? Yeah, if you liked what you heard today, guys, make sure you share it with somebody because you never know. You might have a Kai in your life that uh, can really benefit from this and really change their life in a positive way, and that's what we're trying to do every single week. We want you to be more competent. We want you to be more dangerous. And that's what the show's about. So if you really enjoyed it, like I said, share it. If you don't want to share it, that's fine. You, you don't have to do that. I'm not the boss of you. But what I would like you to do is rate and review us on iTunes, man. That's that's how people find us. Also, check out some awesome show notes uh, on acrossthepeak.com. Justin and Kai have put out their breakfast hash. And if you want to see some delicious-looking pictures, man, and even make some yourself, check that out at acrossthepeak.com. And until next time, stay safe. And if you can't stay safe, be dangerous. You've been listening to the Across the Peak podcast. Be sure to visit acrossthepeak.com for show notes and bonus content. Until then, be safe. And if you can't be safe, be dangerous. Be dangerous.